So I've talked with them about this until I'm blue in the face over and over again and nothing is changing. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Today's episode is a follow-up to the last episode about having tough conversations, the Inspire Method, and avoiding sandwich feedback. If you haven't listened to that one, you'll definitely want to listen to the previous episode before you dive into today's, because we're going to build on it and talk about what happens when you have the conversation, but it doesn't work. Nothing changes. What now? So listen, the number one mistake that managers make when it comes to tough performance conversations is they don't have them. That's the number one mistake. And so they'll get frustrated with a person's behavior. We talked about this last time, the magical thinking. You get frustrated with a person's behavior because they're not performing, they're not doing what they need to do, but you don't address it. And after months of this, you get so frustrated and then you run to HR and the human resource person says, well... Okay, what have you done to document it? How have you addressed it? Uh, Have you reinforced the expectation? They go through all of the steps that most of the time you needed to have done, and you didn't do any of those things. And now you're super frustrated, and you look at the human resource person as an antagonist, which they're not. They're trying to help you. The key here is got to have the conversations. Start from the beginning. Don't let the behavior go. If it's important and it's uh, critical to their job success, and your team's performance, don't let it go. Address it from the beginning. So you're going to have that first inspire conversation. And the first time you do it, the second time you do it, great. But if it doesn't change the behavior, you don't want to just keep talking about the same thing. You need a way to escalate that that conversation. And that's what you're going to get today. How do you move that conversation up so that it's more likely the person is going to get where they need to go and you're building a good relationship with them? To do that, you use the ART process. We call it the ART of tough conversations. ART is an acronym, A-R-T. A stands for action. This is the first conversation you had. So if someone was late to the meeting this morning, You're not going to let it go. It was their first time. You say, hey, I noticed that you arrived at 9.15, so what's going on? You have that whole conversation. Great. If it happens again, you might have one more of those. But the third time that it happens, you're not going to repeat that action conversation. Now you're going to escalate the conversation by talking about the R in A-R-T, art. The R is repetition. This is a repeated behavior, and so now you're going to change the notice step. You're still going to have an inspire conversation, but your end step, the notice step, changes. You're going to say something like this. Listen, I'm concerned about a a pattern I'm noticing here where you're frequently being late. Then S, specific support. You know, for instance, it was 9.15 this morning, it was 9.20 last Friday, and then the prior Monday, you, you got here at 9.45. And then you carry on as you would. So what's going on? What do you, why do you think this is happening? The probe step. And move to invite. Like, well, what, what do you think we can do to fix this? How can you address this? When you get to the review step, that check for understanding, you're going to change that a little bit as well. 
In the review step of the repetition stage, you're going to ask for a commitment. So what is the commitment that you're making here? You know what? I, I, I'm going to be on time. I, I commit. I will be to the meetings on time. Fantastic. Then you move to your E-step. Enforce where you set that time and place where you're going to have the conversation. Make sure it's working the way it needs to. So the key when you have your repeated behavior, your repetition stage conversation, is that at the end, you're going to notice the repeated behavior, not a single incident. Because people will say something like, hey, you know what, I know I was late today, it's what happened, but there's a reason. And you can pause right there and say, listen, I know that something happened this morning. I'm not just wanting to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the pattern here. And so when you talk about the pattern, you're escalating it. It's a deeper conversation. It's a higher level conversation. It's not just a one-off. Many people who have these patterns in their life don't recognize it. And in fact, I would go so far as to say we all have patterns in our life that are adversely affecting our performance in some area of life until someone shares that with us, until someone points it out. And so when you point out the pattern, you're giving somebody the chance to see something that maybe they haven't seen before. So notice the pattern, and when you get to the review step, focus on getting that commitment. The reason for that is commitment has a stronger feel to it, and it's also going to move the conversation forward if the behavior doesn't change. So let's say you have that repetition conversation. The good news is that that clears up between an action conversation, one or two of those, and then one repetition conversation, that will usually clear up 99% of the low-level irritating behaviors that drive people nuts. But there is that 1%. You have the repetition conversation, and it happens again. In that case, we're going to move to T, A-R-T. The T step is about trust. In the trust conversation, you're still going to have an inspire conversation, but your notice step is going to change. It's going to sound something like this. Hey, listen, do you remember the conversation we had last week about being on time? I'm so glad you do. You remember the commitment you made? Here's the thing. I noticed today you didn't keep your commitment. Now listen, I know that you want to be able to trust me. You want to be able to, as your your leader, as your manager, your supervisor, you want to be able to take my word, put it in the bank, and count on it. I want to have that same relationship with you. And right now, we don't. i got to be able to trust you to keep your word. So what do you think we can do about this? What's going on here? How can we solve this? And you move through the steps, just like in all the other Inspire conversations. What's going on? Probe. How do you think we can fix this? What can you do here? Invite. Invite them to solution. So when you have the trust conversation, you're not talking about the action. You're not talking about the repetition of the action of the behavior. You're not talking about the behavior at all. What you've really done is escalated the conversation because now you're talking about their integrity, that they didn't keep their word. And for most people, that is one of the highest level conversations you can have because we don't want to be hypocrites. Most people don't. We like to think of ourselves as as aligned human beings. Sure, there are some psychopaths that could care less, but that's a very small percentage of the population. And odds are that's not who you're dealing with. 
So when you have that conversation and help somebody see that they didn't keep their word, that takes it into a whole new ballpark for most people. Have a new frame of reference and go, holy cow, I didn't realize that. You're absolutely right. And when you have that conversation, you're going to get one of a couple responses. First response that you can get is the best one, which is, wow, you're so right. I didn't. All right. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm going to take care of it. And they do. And again, as a human being, almost every one of us, we've had to be on the receiving end of that conversation. Someone cared enough, a spouse, a loved one, a parent, a colleague, a supervisor, somebody cared enough to say, listen, this is not serving you and you didn't keep your word here. And that's a problem. And then we had a chance to correct our behavior and and go forward. So that's the first response you'll get. The second response is also a healthy response, and it can be surprising when it first happens, but I've had this happen many times. You have that trust conversation, and somebody says, you know what, I've been thinking about these conversations that we've been having, and this is, I'm sure this is just not the right role for me. I don't think this is working out. And that may feel weird, it may feel bad, because like they're going to leave, but it's actually a good thing. They have come to the realization themselves that, They are not willing to do what needs to be done to succeed in this role. And maybe that's because the role isn't a good fit for them, or maybe they just don't want to do the work. Either way, they're going to move on, and that's a great thing. And I've had that happen several times, and then people like reach out on social media. They'll Facebook connect the next day after they leave. Then there's the third response, which is the person says that they're going to take care of it. They make a renewed commitment. They say, you're absolutely right. I'm going to do this. And then they don't. And in that case, it's likely that you're going to need to move them to a different role, different assignment, or out of the team or out of the organization. Now, in a future episode, we will talk about how you terminate employment with dignity and grace and all that sort of thing. For right now, I want you to understand that it's a healthy thing. If you're helping someone move out of a role that is not good for them, why would you want to torture them by keeping them in that role? It's not a healthy thing. And yes, it may mean you've got to find somebody else or work short staff for a little bit, but ultimately you're better off than having somebody who's not a good fit for that role. You've been addressing a mission critical, a job critical performance issue. And if it's not changing, keeping them around will affect the whole team and and lessen your credibility. So you absolutely want to have these conversations. A, action. R, repetition. T, trust. So now let's go through a little bit of nuance about how you have these conversations. The first is when you're doing that probe step, really want to come from a genuine place of curiosity. You don't want to do like the aggressive New Yorker, hey man, what's the matter with you? And you don't want to do the indulgent, now listen, I know you've had a tough childhood. And so, right, either of those does not serve the person. You want to come with neutral curiosity. What's going on here? Why do you think this is happening? The reason you approach it with neutral curiosity is because you don't know. And when you do that, you're creating a connection. You genuinely want to know, and that gives them a chance to come into the relationship and share their perspective. It also gives them a chance to think about why it's happening because maybe they've never even thought about it. But as a leader, you don't know what's going on. You don't know why they were late. Maybe they were late because they were in a car accident. And if you tear into them about being late, now you're the jerk. And it's going to take a long time to recover that credibility. 
So start with curiosity. Then, as you're escalating these conversations, you might have noticed my tone, the emotion that I approached them with. I'm specifically aiming in these conversations, and when I do this live with people and ask, what emotions did you hear? The things that they will say are things like, you know, you were concerned, you were sad, you were disappointed, you were serious. And all of those are true, and all of them are very intentional. When it comes to having performance conversations, one of my favorite sayings is, don't get mad, get sad. And the reason is this. It's not that anger is a bad emotion. I mean, anger has a place. It's a a healthy human emotion. It's a good reaction to injustice injustice and, and all sorts of things. But when you're having a performance conversation with somebody, the problem with anger is that unless the other person really understands where that anger is coming from, their immediate reaction is, why are you being such a jerk? And if they're thinking, why are you being such a jerk? They're not thinking about their own performance and their own behavior. Your goal as a leader is to help them reflect on their own performance, their own behavior. So when I say, don't get mad, get sad, what I'm suggesting is that you choose emotions that are going to serve you in that conversation and help you build the relationship and get the results you want. So when you approach it with concern and disappointment, listen, I really want to see you succeed. And and that's not happening right now. And I, and I want to talk about that. I want to see how we can get you there. It's very hard for that other person to look at you and go, you jerk, right? They're much more likely to be focused on their own behavior. Like, oh gosh, what's going on here? And what do I need to do about it? So don't get mad, get sad. Give them a chance to focus on themselves. Another question that frequently comes up talking about these conversations is, where does HR come in? Human resources, how do I do that? So a couple of thoughts here. First, and this is always the answer for these kinds of questions, is if you have a human resource department, absolutely talk with them, get to know the process, the procedures. Every organization is different. They, you know, People have different names for things. There's written warnings, there's performance improvement plans, there's progressive discipline. All of these you may or may not have, any or all of them. You need to know your policies and the procedures. Then the good news is that this escalation process, action, repetition, trust, it will work for any organization. Whatever your policies are, it will align and it will work with them. So from there, what I recommend is that action conversation, that first low level, somebody was late, you don't need to talk to HR about that. Document everything, though. Document the conversation, write it down, when you had it, what you talked about, what what their side was, what the agreement was going forward, when you were going to meet again to discuss it. Then when you have the repetition conversation, you want to let HR know about that conversation. That's usually where most human resource professionals say, yes, I need to know about that. Sometimes, depending on the severity of the behavior, they may even want to be in the room for that conversation, and that's cool. Then when you get to the trust conversation, absolutely your human resource team needs to know about that. And frequently they will want to be in the room for that because you're basically putting the person on notice that if this doesn't change, it's going to affect their ability to continue to do that job. So talk to your HR people, get to know your policies, document everything, and then integrate at the repetition and trust stages with your HR folks. And they may have you at at those levels actually use their tools. And that's cool. If you're if they have tools for you, a performance improvement plan, for instance, then the repetition stage may be the place where you would, would use that tool. Talk to them, let them know the process you use, and you'll be able to go from there. 
So I've already addressed several questions on this episode related to tough conversations and how you escalate the interface with human resources and so on. But we did have a question come in about using the INSPIRE method and specifically what do you do in a tough situation around that. Before I answer that question though, I would love to answer your questions. So if you've got a question that's about management, leadership, or any of our previous episodes, please send that to me and we'll use it on a future episode. You can do that by emailing david.die, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com. Or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see an orange button and you can record your name and your question there. And then we can put that on a future episode. Today's question comes from Emily and it's a follow-up to our previous episode about the INSPIRE method and avoiding sandwich feedback. Emily writes, David, thanks so much for the episode about the INSPIRE method and having accountability conversations and avoiding sandwich feedback. I recognize I've been doing that and now I know why it doesn't work. My question is, what do I do when I'm having an INSPIRE conversation and somebody is argumentative and debating everything that I say? Emily, thank you for the question. It is certainly one every leader can identify with. If you've led any length of time, you've probably run into somebody like this. So the best advice I can give you in this situation is that in the middle of an Inspire conversation, when you're running into somebody who is very argumentative or maybe even acting very defensive or angry or anything like that, or passive aggressive, sometimes people will just shut down and stare at you and like make it a, a war of silence, that kind of a thing. In any of these kinds of situations, one of the most effective things you can do is to stop the conversation you are having and start a new Inspire conversation right there. So for instance, if somebody is very argumentative, you might say, you know what, I want to call a quick timeout. We're going to pause the conversation about um, what was happening during that meeting or the being late. I'd like to talk about something else. I've noticed during the last 10 minutes that almost any Um, suggestion I have made or anything that I've shared, you've argued with. You've told me several times that something that I observed didn't happen. A couple of times you've been debating the meaning of words and so on. So I'd like to ask you, what's going on? Where is that coming from? My goal here is to help you succeed. I want to see you succeed and be able to move as far as you want to. And I'm concerned that's not happening. And so I'm also concerned about where the argumentative and debate is coming from. Or if they were hostile, you know, I'm noticing uh, one time I had an employee who blew up at me when I was talking to a very basic Inspire conversation about a late report. And he blew up and said, I'm tired of you acting like Hitler. Again, I started a new Inspire conversation. Hey, I noticed that you just called me Hitler. And last time I checked, I hadn't committed any genocide, so I'm curious, what's going on here? And he replied, I'm just, I'm upset about this report. I said, great, I can understand that. Why don't you have a seat? And before we go any further, can we make an agreement? I invited him into the solution on this one. Can we make an agreement that we are never going to call each other a name ever again in our working relationship? And he said yes, and then we were able to move through it. What you frequently find in these conversations when you have a a timeout and have an inspire conversation about the passive or the aggressive or the passive aggressive behavior is that there is an insecurity underneath it all. They think you're trying to get rid of them. They don't know in the case of the guy who blew up and called me Hitler, he didn't know how to use some software and he was insecure about that. And he thought it was going to cost him his job. It didn't. 
He needed to get training and, and he was off and running. But frequently when these behaviors come up, there's a reason for it. And when you stop, you call attention to the behavior. I'm noticing that you're arguing. I'm noticing that you're uh, you know, acting this way, whatever it is. You give them a chance to get the real issue on the table in a respectful, relational way. And when you do that, you're able to solve for it and then get back to the bigger issue that you were talking about originally. So Emily, thanks again for that question, one everybody can relate with. Remember, if you've had the Inspire conversation once or twice and it's not solving the problem, it's time to escalate. Move to a repetition conversation, get that commitment, then move to the trust conversation if it happens again. Don't get mad, get sad, stay curious so that you're able to build the relationships and get the results you need for your team. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.